I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is the author of 16 books, and she is the subject of a documentary, and she is the subject of a long-running, or she was the subject of a long-running radio series, but now she has been her, uh, for a couple of years now, has been the host of her own radio show podcast, and you could hear us each and every week on your favorite podcast outlet, radio outlet, online, and without further ado, a woman who's uh, who's pretty near getting close to uh, that 17th book, which will be a memoir, and we've talked about that, but today we're going to talk about something different, a little close to home, uh, Texas, and her home is uh, uh, San Antonio, if, uh, if folks don't know that by now uh we'll be talking a little bit about texas here uh doc how are you i'm doing fine thank you frank and i hope you are too i am too and uh well, how's uh how's ted cruz doing how about that how about that for our leading question how is he <laughs> yes out of the blue <laughs> well it happens that i'm going to talk about him a little bit today uh, he seems to be doing pretty well, although I think he feels a little insecure. Um, he is very Trumpian, and uh, he has taken um, taken his position on the last election from uh, from Trump. So he has been claiming that the election was stolen, that there was widespread fraud, and so on and so on. And so I think he's feeling a little uneasy because of what's going on with Trump these days. And uh, uh, he's probably wondering just uh, how he's going to get out of this. And he's up for re-election next year, too. So uh, anyway, so that's uh, he and um, a possible opponent by the name of Roland Gutierrez are two people I'm going. I'll talk about because both of them have national implications. They're not just um, here in Texas, and of course, uh, Ted Cruz has been important nationally all along, anyway. And so uh, here we go. So the upcoming race is between. As I just said, Ted Cruz and Roland Gutierrez. And Gutierrez is at present a senator in the Texas state legislature. The only catch is that he has to win the Democratic primary first, and it is crowded. And there are some pretty formidable opponents. But um, uh, I choose to pair off these two because the two men are both – 52 years old, so they're very, very close in age, but they are exact opposites. Now, Ted Cruz, I'll talk about him first, since he is up for re-election next year. Uh, he is at present a junior senator, uh, Texas's junior senator in our Senate, and John Cornyn, uh, is our senior senator who has been in Washington since 2002 and is serving his fourth term. And as you probably know, uh, Senate terms are six years. And Cornyn is pretty well liked. Uh, he 
has established his character and his reputation long ago, and he has not needed Trump's coattails to stay in office. Um, and has probably a near permanent, uh, he is prob uh, a near permanent fixture and probably has a future. Uh, so long as, as he can hold out, he's probably going to be uh, in the U.S. Senate uh, for Texas. Okay, now going back to the junior senator then, Ted Cruz. His full name is Rafael Edward Cruz. And he was born in Canada in um, in Alberta, in Calgary. Um, and, um, of course, he, he is American because both parents were Americans, uh, are Americans. They're both still alive, I believe. His father was a Cuban refugee who was naturalized, and he married an Irish-American woman named Heidi, and they have two girls. Now, <clears throat> he was previously Solicitor General of Texas because he is also an attorney with a degree from Harvard Law School. So um, he has... Uh, pretty fancy uh, qualifications, but he has been controversial. And he was in national news not too long ago because when COVID first broke out and was killing people like crazy, people were dying like flies here in Texas, he took off uh, with his family uh, for Cancun in, uh, in Mexico for a vacation. Uh, not worrying a bit about uh, the situation in Texas and about the poor folks who were suffering from COVID-19. And that indicates a character very much opposed to the uh, character of the other guy I'm going to be talking about, mm. uh, Roland Gutierrez. Okay, so a little bit uh, then. Um, more about Ted Cruz and his position. Uh, first of all, he has um, followed Trump in claiming that the 2020 election was stolen, that Trump actually won and won it by a landslide, and uh, that he won by massive fraud and, and so on and so forth. And he's been claiming this um, to the world uh, very, very fervently in order to curry favor with Trump. And um, a group of uh, uh, lawyers uh, uh, want the State Bar of Texas to investigate him uh, for actually they already brought this lawsuit back in, uh, in May last year uh, for leading the, the role to attempt to overturn the 20, uh, 2020 presidential election results. Um, and um, he uh, claimed that, um, of course, this was all about voter fraud and so on. And uh, he um, he also claimed uh, he also attempted to bar uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin from using their elec election results. And this lawsuit went all the way to the Supreme Court where it was considered frivolous and was quickly denied. So even though the Supreme Court is very conservative, 
they couldn't countenance this thing by uh, Ted Cruz, and so the group of lawyers won. But they also wanted him to be censured and as far and disciplined, and as far as I know, that never happened. So, uh, in a sense, Ted Cruz got away uh, with with his lies following Trump's, but he may not, in the long run, get away with it. And then his attitude, I want to uh, to let people know what his attitude towards the abortion, um, the Dobbs decision. Uh, and he said, I'm going to quote him. Uh, this, uh, this quotation from him came out in June 2022, right after the Dobbs decision. And he says, uh, and I quote, the Supreme Court's decision in the Dobbs case reversing Roe v. Wade is nothing short of a massive victory for life, and it will save the lives of millions of innocent babies. The decision reversed one of the most egregious departures from the Constitution and legal precedent in the United States. Um, and uh, one that has resulted in the deaths of 63 million American children. And he goes on to say Roe was wrong the day it was decided, and it has been wrong every day since then. If you search for the word abortion in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, you won't find it. The court at the time acknowledged that, and yet Roe created a brand new constitutional right out of old cloth. And while the left maniacally argues that the Dobbs decision makes abortion illegal throughout the country, that is false. What this decision does is leave abortion policy up to the states and return uh, returns power to the American people, which is exactly how questions of abortion were handled before Roe. And of course, I had personal experience on what happens when uh, the decision on abortion goes back to the states. Yes. Um, and uh, I have a program on on that back in the, <laughs> probably two years ago by now on uh, uh, driving uh, driving someone out of the state of Iowa where I was at the time. A young woman with a hunchback. and uh... Uh, Yes, she was a hunchback and uh, and had had relations with a Down syndrome janitor and had conceived. And she was a fearful. Millie, Millie the hunchback. Her name was Millie. And she was fearful with good reason that the child might be deformed, physically deformed and mentally as well. And so she couldn't, and furthermore, she was single and barely making a living as a nurse. A um, uh, One of the uh, nurses without a degree, uh, they have a special title. Um, and anyway, she was making a pittance and just barely surviving. So she obviously could not support a child. So anyway, I had to drive her uh, to St. Paul um, out of state in order for her to get an abortion. And so it was a traumatic experience. I was 20 years old at the time and uh, and in graduate school. Um, and uh, so it was a traumatic experience for both of us, but certainly for poor Millie. Uh, so I know what happens. Um, 
from my own personal experience when the states can um, can determine what to do about abortion. And of course, Texas is one of the worst right now, is one of the worst states in the union uh, because uh, people can spy upon their neighbors and tattle on their neighbors and denounce them and uh, send um, a pregnant woman to prison for having tried to get an abortion here in Texas. Uh, so anyway, Ted Cruz is all in on that. And then there is the matter of guns. Um, right after uh, the Uvalde massacre, uh, Ted Cruz, uh, he and his wife, Heidi, lifted up in prayer, and this is a quote, they are, quote, lifting up in prayer the children and families affected. And he also thanked the first responders for acting so swiftly, unquote. Uh, and of course, as he didn't know, and no one did at the time, but the first responders did, did not respond for 77 minutes. And so uh, a number of the people who had survived um, but were bleeding to death in that uh, classroom where the gunman was sta standing for those 77 minutes um, died during that period, and they could have been saved if the police had acted. And nobody to this day knows why they didn't. They were afraid because the man had, an, and the boy, he was, he was uh, just 18, uh, had an AK, no, an AR-15. Uh, um, and so they were afraid of it. Okay, so now the Democrat uh, in, um, in the House of Representatives, uh, representing one of them, uh, representing uh, Arizona, Ruben Gallego by name, attacked Cruz uh, for what he said, which was, which was namely uh, thoughts and prayers, essentially. Uh, and he said, um, <laughs> he said, F you, Ted Cruz. You care about a fetus, but you will let our children get slaughtered. Yeah. Just get your ass to Cancun. You are useless. <laughs> wow. Is that, is that what he said? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a direct quote. Yeah. So then Ted Cruz uh, came back in a dignified way, of course, saying inevitably when there's a murderer of this kind, you see politicians trying to politicize it. You see Democrats and a lot of folks in the media whose immediate solution is to try to restrict the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens, unquote. Of course, those law-abiding citizens are 18 years old, and they're out and buying guns and, <laughs> right. and buying <laughs> assault weapons. But very little mental okay. check or emotional checks on, on any of these no. people. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. Especially here in Texas. <laughs> Nothing. You can just oh you can goodness. just walk in and buy a gun. I could do it right now. I could walk uh, into any gun store here in Texas and buy a gun with no questions asked. Even though here I am, I'm 89 years old and supposed to be um, gaga uh, and out of my mind because I'm so <laughs> old. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so then Gallego came came back at him saying, just to be clear, F you, Ted Cruz, you effing baby killer. 
so, so wow. That that was the exchange over the the uh, massacre in in Uvalde. Wow. It's, uh, and so that is also Ted Cruz's position. And uh, I will now turn <laughs> have on abortion and guns and about just everything else also yeah. on the election. Um, and so if we turn now to a newly declared wannabe opponent by the name of Roland Gutierrez. Like Cruz, he is 52 years old, but a Democrat, and he's been a senator in the state, Texas state legislature, uh, struggling since the 24th of May last year to pass anti-gun legislation and at least, and at the very least, to raise the age when a person can legally purchase a gun from 18 to 21, and failing. And he has decided to take the fight to the federal level now, since he has had no success at the state level. Um, and there's, it's not his fault. After all, he was a Democrat in a heavily re Republican Senate. Uh, there were a number of, of bills that came, managed to pass the House because the House is more evenly divided between the two parties. And all of them, every single one died in the Senate this past, uh, this past year, or rather this year, earlier in this year. Um, Gutierrez, um, his history, he lost his mother when he was nine months old. And he doesn't remember her directly, but he experienced grief for her loss through his two older brothers uh, who um, who expressed their hurt and their anger and their uh, their longing for their mother and he internalized all of that so he mourned along with them as a tiny uh, young child and last may on last uh, may 24th he came to uvalde as soon as he heard about the massacre, and he stayed there overnight. The next day, he was with the bereaved families, and he knew there wasn't anything he could say to them, but his presence alone might mean something. He was shown the film footage from the body cam worn by an officer with the Department of Public Safety. The film begins with a spray of bullets, 77 minutes after the gunman entered Rob Elementary School. The hail of bullets killed the murderer, and then the officers began to drag out the bodies of the children. Gutierrez was devastated by what he saw. The bodies of children blasted wide open, at least one head severed, severed from its body, My God. blood everywhere. Yeah, hideous, hideous images. They were so gruesome that Gutierrez suffered PTSD as a result of seeing them and couldn't get the images out of his head. He struggled to, proce and to pro process the outrage he, f he felt over the tragedy, and in his view, Republicans refused to prevent it from happening again. And, of course, this year the legislature passed a massive school safety package. I mean, they, they did do something about the situation, but not directly about guns, of course. Uh, when Abbott visited Uvalde the day after the massacre, he attributed the whole tragedy to mental illness, 
never mentioned the word gun during his whole talk uh, to the uh, bereaved families. And he, when he left, he never went back. Uh, whereas Gutierrez was there, he was there the day before, he was there overnight, he was there that day, and he kept going back to try to help those families. Now, the legislature did pass a massive school safety package, um, and uh, millions of dollars were set aside for school districts to bolster campus security, in other words, and to put in steel guns with with uh, combination locks and bars on the windows and to hire more mental health counselors and to have more campus uh, police patrolling and turning the schools into something very similar to prisons. And at the federal level, Senator John Cornyn, the senior senator from Texas, uh, spearheaded the bipartisan package that implemented some modest gun reform. Republicans believed that, of course, any effort to roll back gun access would infringe on the Second Amendment rights of all citizens. And they will quote something that I have heard since my childhood. It's not the gun that kills people, it's the person pulling the trigger. Yep. That just get that just burns me every time I hear it. Yep. Uh, in, the, in the legislature, Gutierrez made a nuisance of himself insisting on gun legislation and badgering his Senate colleagues and in exasperation calling them, including Dan Patrick, the, the uh, vice governor, and Governor Greg Abbott, calling them bastards. But none of his bills even got a committee hearing during the five months uh, legislative session that ended last May. But he has kept in close touch with Uvalde bereaved families since, uh, since a year ago, May, and up to the present. And they have urged him to run for the U.S. Senate. But unfortunately, before he can face Cruz, he'll have to win the Democratic primary against a crowd of Democrats, especially U.S. representatives, U.S. that is in the House of Representatives, uh, Colin Alred, who is a Dallas Democrat with a significant fundraising advantage and also more name recognition. Now, um, Gutierrez's wife, Sarah, at first did not support his plan to run for a U.S. Senate post. But after she sat with and dined with and talked with the Uvalde families, she changed her mind. And a quote uh, from her uh, is this, if we're going to do this, let's go out there and win and make a difference. So she's now supporting her husband. Uh, she did not support him, not because she did not believe in his cause, but because she was afraid that he was going to go mad uh, out of frustration because he could not get um, anybody in the legislature to move uh, to understand the gravity of the situation and that uh, a few locks on doors and people, uh, people, police with guns walking around uh, and bars on windows were not going to stop the carnage because a determined killer can find a way in anyway. 
uh, it's just a matter of uh, planning the right moves at the right moment to get through those doors and into a classroom, and there you are. So anyway, this May, th just this past May, on the 24th, at the anniversary of the massacre, Gutierrez attended um, the, uh, the, 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 memor the memorial, I should say, for, uh, of the massacre. And the crowd numbered perhaps a thousand. It's an enormous uh, attendance to this memor memorial. He took pictures. And then the phone vibrated for a message from Rhonda Hart, who lost her 14-year-old daughter, Kimberly Vaughn, in the, uh, in the Santa Fe High School shooting five years ago. She sent him a quote. Grief is like glitter. You can throw a handful of it in the air, but when you try to clean it up, you never get it all, even long after the event. Wow. You will still find glitter tucked into corners. It will always be there somewhere. Wow. Unquote. Wow. That's a good quote. And it is, it is so true. I still um, come to tears when I think of certain, certain moments in my, hus my husband's death. And he was not shot to death. I mean, he died in my arms. But, I mean, d grief has a habit of just hanging around. So we have these two men potentially facing each other over the issue of guns in America. Cruz occupies the post Gutierrez seeks, but insecurely. And Gutierrez seeks to win the primary to challenge Cruz. But if he wins, there can be no greater contrast than these two candidates. One is all in for guns in the hands of every person over 18, especially in Texas. And the other is dead set to remove automatic rifles, AK-47s and AR-15s from the streets altogether. So we'll have to wait and see once the primary is over. Who will be Cruz's opponent in the next election? If it's Roland Gutierrez, I know whom I'll be supporting. But what about you? I think everybody in the country uh, could contribute if they were so inclined and if they didn't uh, believe that every human being on the planet should have a gun. And so that's my... That's my statement for the day, Frank. Yeah, well, listen, a very strong statement. Um, uh, Gutierrez isn't messing around. He is, uh, you know, he's going to take the fight to him. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me is uh, you talk about Ted Cruz. Um, Ted Cruz having a, um, uh, a, you know, affinity to, to align himself with Trump. Let us keep in mind that for the whole primary during 2016, Trump called Ted Cruz lying Ted. He mocked yes, him. Yes, he did. And he, he yes, criticized he his father. He criticized his wife, I believe. I mean, he, he, Trump couldn't have been meaner to Ted Cruz if, if he tried, if he had planned it out, he, which he may have. But it, it just, and, and you know Ted Cruz, just because he's human, must hate Trump deep, deep down inside for how he's treated him and treated his family. So mm -hmm. some people could make an argument that he's completely disingenuous and he's he's embracing Trump 
and jumping on the Trump train, and he, which he had done a long time ago, uh, for mm-hmm. pure politics. He certainly doesn't. Yes. He he certainly is not um, a, a fan of Donald Trump. He can't possibly be. Right. Yes. No. He's groveling uh, to Trump because he knows that that's his only chance uh, of getting reelected. I think. Uh, is is to appeal to the base. It's not to Trump directly that he's appealing, but to the base. Uh, and they believe everything Trump says. Um, they are uh, hypnotized, mesmerized by uh, by Trump and his propaganda, uh, which has come uh, through uh, Fox News, which I began calling a propaganda outlet uh, four years ago. Uh, I mean, uh, it was so obvious to me since I I also and if, I hate to to keep making uh, uh, comparisons to the archival propaganda outlet which was uh, Goebbels um, uh, Nazi program anti-Jewish propaganda that ended up massacring uh, five million Jews and. Uh, uh, a bunch of other people, uh, people with, um, with Down syndrome, for example, people who were deformed, physically deformed, the gypsies as a whole class of people, uh, and so on. And uh, uh, the, the propaganda of Fox News has been so effective. And I think also, uh, like my, uh, my first cousin, uh, I won't name her because I don't. If she ever happens to listen to this, she will be mad, angry with me. But uh, she, I think, was heavily influenced by Trump as an actor in The Apprentice, and uh, his behavior as a character in a TV show rubbed off on her as his actual character. And speaking of character, the fact that Cruz, who was so abused by Trump, is groveling (laughs) to him is an indication of his character, which is precisely the opposite of Roland Gutierrez's character, um, which is which is sterling and and unbreakable, uh, righteous, you might say, and. so the the contrast between the two men is total. Yeah, it's just you know you can't uh, it, you you can't get a better uh, a, a dichotomy, right? You can't get a, a better um, uh, contrast with these uh, with these two men. They're completely different. Uh, they both have Hispanic blood in them, and and they're both um, uh, you know they've both spent time. Did Ted Cruz spend time in the in the Texas state state Senate at any point? Yes. Uh, well, he was the Solicitor General. Right. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. not not no. there, and but from two thousand three to two thousand eight, I believe, are the dates that he served that way. Yeah. And then and then he went out for um, for hot, bigger things <laughs> and yeah. won. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, it, it's it's amazing, and you know, last time he had Beto O'Rourke, and um, it, you know, maybe maybe a fresh face here would be a good, um, uh, you know, a good thing to uh, to see for the voters of of Texas, 
and the fact that he uh, came out so hard against um, uh, against uh, uh, Cruz already and mm has -hmm. been so outspoken, I think that, you know, look, Texans, you know, uh, Texans like a fight. Uh, even Trump supporters, I mean, they always say that, that Trump supporters like a fight. They might like the idea that, uh, or, uh, and again, uh, the real Trump supporters are going to obviously go cruise, um, you know, on on beliefs. But if there are some Republicans that are um, that that are squeamish on guns and at least automatic mm. weapons, they might turn around and say, you know what, this guy's a hard hitter. I'll go with him. He doesn't sound like a wimp, Gutierrez. He doesn't sound like a like a wallflower. He sounds like he's going to come right out and he's going to attack Cruz. And maybe right. maybe that could attract some, some moderate Republicans to his side. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, he'll need it to win. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing, thing about um, Roland Gutierrez is that he has never used <laughs> bad language in his attacks, uh, which, uh, which his colleague, or rather, which... Uh, is, yeah, I, I guess I can call him his colleague, but uh, 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 let's, let's see. His name is R R Ramon Gallego, right, uh, right, over in oh. Arizona, though who was uh, using effing, effing this and effing that. Uh, uh, Beto did too. Beto started cursing, uh, cursing a lot too. If if you re recall, um, yeah, you yeah. remember Beto was using the f word. I was surprised uh, to hear it, but I guess they were trying to make that. But uh, but Gutierrez is not going to be. Well, he, although he won't curse, he's not going to be. He's not going to be shy. He's not going to shrink. He's not a shrinking no. violet. He's going to be very. I think he's going to be very in your face with Ted Cruz. No question. No question. I think he already is, and uh, uh, obviously, I mean, he's he's trying to take Cruz's post away from him, but he's doing it in a civil manner. Uh, so. Uh, good for him that he doesn't have to use bad language to uh, to make his point, and he certainly can do that. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> let's see what happens with uh, with with Cruz. He's going to have to be married to Trump, and uh, which uh, you know look, could may or may not uh, work for him this time. I, I keep saying that uh, you know I I think George is going to be terrible for Trump. The the one thing that I'd be concerned about. Um, if, uh, if if you're out there cheering against Trump, that it, it seems like each indictment and, and the, these, the, the last one, of course, the January 6th uh, indictments, you know, about his behavior and citing the riot and, and all of that, which, by the way, uh, uh, certainly make an easy argument for treason <laughs> for, uh, for what happened, uh, you know, with all of those people. And if it was incited by, uh, by Trump, I, I think uh, a, a clear thinking people are going to be infuriated with him. But it just seems like each indictment, and this is encouraging for, for the Trump people, each indictment seems to, to hit less and less uh, hard um, on, uh, on the general public. I'm not saying it's always going to be that way. When, uh, when clear-minded people think about what, what his behavior was on, on January 6th, I think it's going to be hard for many uh, people, Republican, Democrat, whatever, unless you're in that that percentage of the Trump voters that that just will will give them a pass on everything. Um, 
clear-minded people are going to be very upset when they really consider what he did and what his behavior was uh, in regards to January 6th. In Georgia, yes, it, and, it's blatant. It's on tape. He, the fact that he knew uh, and his uh, emails and telephone calls, uh, of which we now have uh, copies, uh, he knew that he'd lost the election. And, so, yeah, uh, you know, he was lying to the was, people, right? Yeah, he knew he was lying to people. Uh, and there's no excuse for that, of course. <laughs> but most of his behavior, you can say there's no excuse for. <laughs> so, yeah. I, the other, But the other end of that is, you know, there's, a, there's an old expression, death by a thousand cuts. And yeah. little by little by little by little, uh, I've got to believe that uh, that Republicans have to start looking at this, you know, the head of their ticket and say, you know, and I see it. I, I'm around a lot of Republicans and conservatives, and a lot of them have had it with the whole Trump Act, and they would love for mm -hmm. DeSantis to take off. Unfortunately for them and the Trump haters in the Republican Party, um, Ron DeSantis is sans charisma. He has, he has zero charisma, and uh, he just, uh, you know, he's like watching paint dry, or he's like watching grass grow, and, yes. and, and Trump, is, <laughs> Trump is the exact opposite. You know, he's, you, know, he, you know, for some people, he's a train wreck, and you can't turn away. And for other people, he's God Almighty, and you can't turn away. But Trump is loaded, uh, good or bad, with, with charisma, you know, it, with charisma. And it's just, uh, it, you know, Ron DeSantis has absolutely, he, he could walk into a room and suck all the charisma out and destroy it like a like a charisma <laughs> vacuum cleaner. Uh, he's, you know, Ron DeSantis has zero charisma, and uh, if he had any what whatsoever, I mean, he'd he'd be blowing past Trump at this point. He's yeah. just got no charisma. Yeah, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> have you met Have you met him or seen him? No, I, I haven't. I, I haven't seen or or met him. But I'm just saying, he's just. Uh, it, you know, it's like you're handing it to him on a silver platter and people yes. just can't em embrace him. And, you know, he's saying all the things that Trump he's he's out trumping and some uh, out trumping yes, Trump in some ways. And he's saying outrageous things. He's saying, you know, I mean, he's playing into, you know, in, into racism. He's playing into he's doing all the things that you would think uh, would attract uh, certain people that are attracted to Trump. And they just don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about Ron DeSantis. It's it's unbelievable. It, it's just it, you know he's trying. You know it's not like he's not trying. He's he's putting effort. In, he's raised money. Uh, he just nobody cares what he's saying. And uh, yeah. and and for Trump, I mean, it's like um, you know shooting fish uh, in a barrel. He doesn't even have to show up to uh, to debates. You know it's uh, and Chris Christie, by the way, is is attacking Trump. You know, like verbally attacking them uh, like you wouldn't believe. And and people just aren't taking Chris Christie seriously because he was close to Trump at uh, at one point and seemed like a yes man for Trump. And then when he didn't get what he wanted, you know, they kind of walked away. So the, the Republicans that don't want Trump, um, you know, are in a little bit of trouble. But let's see who emerges. There are good candidates there. They're just not they're not Trump enough for the uh, for the Republican Party at this point. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and the great thing for Trump is that the more indictments he gets, the more money he makes, because yeah. uh, his people are just forking over money. 
uh, every time a new indictment hits, <laughs> they send him a thousand dollars. It's just incredible. <laughs> they love a fight. You know, they love a yeah. fight, the Trump people. And and, you know, he said it. He said, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. I can't believe he yeah. said it. But, now, you know, now as yeah, we saw yeah, him, I even heard him say, it. yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. said it. If I shoot shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, uh, they would they'd still support me, which is basically saying you're a bunch of sheep, you're a bunch of morons, and you're going to support me no matter what I do. And and they they say, yeah, we agree, <laughs> you know, we agree with you. I don't know. They just it's the most <laughs> insulting thing I've I've ever heard uh, a person say about a group of followers. You know, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and these people won't care. They'll support me anyway. It just yeah. uh, it's it's mind blowing. It absolutely might. Yeah, and the other, the other thing, of course, that means that I'm above the law. Yes, uh, right, right. Yeah, and uh, his his followers believe that too, that they're that the the president, namely him, is above the law. I'm sure they don't believe that Biden is above the law, but but Trump, in some magical way, is. So, it is a weird. A weird time in American politics, and yeah. it's such a sad day for the Republican Party. Well, look, here's the here's the the good part. Um, if you're a Democrat, and uh, or if you're an anti-Trump uh, individual, there are people that are uh, uh, there are people that are hoping that Donald Trump is the uh, is the candidate again because they think that Joe Biden, who uh, you know, I've I've spoken to a lot of Democrats. Uh, who who love Joe Biden? They want to love him, but they wish he was younger. They wish he was uh, was more lucid. They they wish that he didn't have the memory lapses that he has sometimes. And I'm not I'm trying not to be uh, disrespectful to our president, right? But there uh, there are those there are those Democrats who who know that the one guy that Joe Biden could beat is Trump because he did it before. He did it before, and uh, and I, I mean, forget you know. If you're a crazy person, and you think that Donald Trump somehow won this election, I mean, you know, get your get your head examined. The 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 Republicans have said it time and time. Republicans, Lindsey Graham, who loves Donald Trump, um, said mm-hmm. it, it, there wasn't any any indication of fraud anywhere in, in any of the electorate. This is Lindsey Graham saying it. The Republicans all yeah. said it. Republican after Republican investigated and there's no fraud. So the thing is that I think uh, Democrats, certain Democrats, um, where they all fear that uh, that Biden will trip up because Biden has uh, has had lapses and he's uh, uh, done and said different things that people aren't going to be comfortable with. Um, You know, maybe the economy, you know, people are going to say, oh, Trump was better with the economy or or whatever. Who knows? But uh, there are those Democrats out there uh, who are hoping for Donald Trump uh, because they think that uh, that Biden or whoever runs against Donald Trump could beat Donald Trump. Uh, general general election, uh, Trump is much more vulnerable than uh, than he is in the Republican primary. Republican Party at the uh, primary seems like he owns it. Uh, I mean, a final thought on that and, and how it ties in with Ted Cruz. Doc, what do you think? <laughs> well, uh, I I think that Ted Cruz um, is had better find uh, another boat uh, or another uh, let's see, wagon to uh, hitch his star to. 
Uh, or a star to hit his wagon to. How about that? Right. The other way, right? Because I think that one is a comet that is maybe falling. Right. And, uh, or a meteor that may be falling. Uh, so uh, yeah, he'd he'd better be switching his uh, his allegiance and fast. But uh, but I can't see it. He's certainly not going to go with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> no. So. So I don't know where he's going to go, and I'm sure he's racking his brains as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ted Cruz has. A, I, I think he's got a fight on his hands with Gutierrez. It's going to be interesting to to watch. And if the, Gutierrez wins the primary, right, right. That's uh, that's the question. Yeah, that's the big if. Yeah. So let's see how that all goes. Doc, great job as always. Thank you. Thank you. And to everyone out there, we thank you very much for tuning in each and every week. And we'll see you next time on The Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>